Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, this is Jenny Gwynn. Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. So this week, we are going to talk about deception. Now, we read about deception. We watch deception take place in movies and on TV. How often do you think you're deceived in your daily life? How often do you think you're deceived in your spiritual life? I want to tell you about a situation that I've encountered recently that is full of deception. About six weeks ago, I was the victim of a Facebook hacker. I recorded a show a few weeks ago about what happened, but the situation continues to get worse. Not only did they take over my Facebook account, which included my personal profile, but also my Catholic Moms in the Middle page that I used to promote my business and ministry. The first hacker swooped in and was able to make charges to my credit card and PayPal account. Then I was handed off to another hacker. Yes, my account, believe it or not, is on its second hacker. And I can tell this because as I try to reclaim my account through Facebook, the emails attached to the account have changed. Now, here's the tricky part. Here's where the deception comes in. The second hacker began to post pictures about Bitcoins. The post made it look like I had made lots and lots of money trading and selling Bitcoins. They added pictures to my profile page that seemed so real. The pictures are of happy people celebrating their success. They have huge smiles on their face. They're standing with their families. It made it look like they had made lots of money themselves with Bitcoins. They're even holding signs that say, thank you, Jenny. And they spell Jenny correctly with an I-E instead of a Y. Even to me, the posts look very authentic and real. On top of all of this, as they are posting these pictures, they began tagging friends. So probably 50, 60 70 people were being tagged in each post, which meant that not only were my friends seeing it, but the friends of the friends that they were tagging. I was furious, to say the least. It was one thing to lose access to years and years of pictures and memories, but now they were deceiving my friends into thinking that I was doing something that I'm not while enticing or scamming them to join me in this fake venture. 
So just a little funny story. As I was in the middle of writing and recording the show, I went to Daily Mass. And a man who's a friend on Facebook whispered right before Mass started, I want to talk to you after Mass. I knew as I sat there in the pew, I knew it was going to be about Bitcoins. And sure enough, after Mass, he wanted to know all about trading Bitcoins. This man had been researching it, and he had even talked to his financial advisor about the returns and the best way to invest. Needless to say, I am furious that people are being deceived this way. But this is just the beginning. Everywhere I go now, people want to know more about Bitcoins. The posts seem so real that people are taking them seriously. This is how deceptive the hackers are. Friends and family want to know more about this business opportunity. I've been asked, is it a multi-level marketing business? How can they learn more about it? What people are drawn to is the idea of making lots of money and buying something they desire. One of the posts that the hackers shared showed that I bought a new RV so my family can travel around the country. I'm telling y'all, it is so believable. I have had people reach out to me wanting to know the specifics about the RV. Is it a pool behind or a motorhome? One friend even asked where I was going to store it. Now, I'm telling you, it was easy to be deceived and believe that I am now a Bitcoin trader rather than a Catholic speaker and life coach. Even those who know me were sometimes deceived. Deception happens all the time. It's not just on Facebook or in the movies that we watch. It happens in each of our lives. So let's look at what the word deceived means. It means to cause someone to believe something that's not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. It also means to give a mistaken impression or a false impression. The Latin word for deceive means to catch, ensnare, or cheat. So in the case of the Bitcoin hacker on my Facebook page, the deception was to lead my friends to believe that I was actually selling Bitcoins. The hacker then played on their emotions and desires to make more money, either by enticing them to find relief from financial pressures or to have the ability to purchase something fun that they desired. The hacker also used my reputation to encourage people to pursue Bitcoins. I think looking back at the whole situation, this is what upsets me the most. The thought that people could be misled, deceived, or even become a victim themselves because of a post that seems to come from me. I'm telling y'all, it makes my stomach hurt to think that I am in the middle of all of that. As a midlife woman, I'm sure you've experienced your share of deception over the years. We're not new to deception. Some deceptions may have been big and life-altering, and others may have just been tiny little deceptions during your day. As you've listened to my story, maybe you can relate to a specific time that you have been deceived. It could be a financial situation like the Bitcoins, where you thought that you were going to strike it rich. 
Maybe you were deceived at work after years of pouring your heart and soul into your career. You were part of layoffs, or maybe the deception was that you realized there was more to life than climbing the corporate ladder. Deception often shows up in relationships, and I see this a lot with the moms in the middle that I work with, the mid-life moms that have spent years taking care of their children, meeting the needs of their family, and often they put their marriage on the back burner. All of the sudden, when they become empty nesters and the house is quiet, they find themselves looking at their spouse who is a stranger, uh, someone that they don't have a connection with. They've been deceived for years convincing themselves that their marriage is okay. They're just busy. Their kids need them. Now, I'm here to tell you, if this is you, don't despair. Once you recognize the situation, you can work together to reconnect and be stronger than ever. I have seen it happen so many times with the women that I coach. Once they recognize how they've been deceiving themselves, then they're able to strengthen their marriage. If you've been deceived in any area, don't beat yourself up. Give yourself some grace and use it as an opportunity to learn the truth. So as I've been looking at deception and thinking about what I want to share, I came up with three stages that seem to be common in all deception. First, deception begins with a thought which creates curiosity. Second, a desire is planted in the heart or mind. This could mean the desire creates a doubt in a current belief, or because of that desire for something different, a new belief, a desire for something is beginning to take hold. And sometimes the desire could simply be to feel a different way, to have a different emotion. Third, there's an intent toward action. This action could be to release old beliefs and replace them with a new one or to get you to take some sort of action based on your new transformed belief. Often, this action creates that desire to feel something different. So here's how deception works. The truth is hidden and false information shared. Deception is not new. It's not new to Facebook. It's not new to this century. In fact, it started at the beginning of time, and the ringleader of deception is, you guessed it, Satan. Satan is always looking for ways to deceive you and I. And the reason is that he wants to separate us from our Father in heaven. Satan wants you and I to live in the darkness of being deceived about God's great love. In Scripture, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Satan hates the light of Christ. And because of this, he tries to pull every trick in the book to keep us from seeing God's glory. So think about this. Satan was the first victim of deception because he deceived himself into thinking that he should have more power and be more like God. Revelation 12 says, Lucifer and his angels fought against God and were cast out of heaven. Now, Lucifer had an abundance of spiritual gifts. 
He was also endowed, as we are, with the gift of free will. God left him free to choose good over evil, and as we know, he chose evil. He deceived himself into thinking that there was something better than what he had. Can you imagine thinking that he had something better than what he had in heaven with God? But he had a desire for more power. He wanted more power rather than worshiping God incarnate. So he sought his independence. He wanted to feel more power. So he rebelled against the divine plan because he desired to be more like God. Satan deceived himself into believing that there was something better than being fully united and connected with God. And we know what happened. He was cast out of heaven. The next deception happened with Adam and Eve in the garden. Satan was the master deceiver in this scenario. When Adam and Eve lived in the garden, they didn't have to worry about anything. It was like before Satan was cast out of heaven. God more than provided for their every need. It was perfection. Yet, Satan was sneaky as he approached Eve. In the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent into eating the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge. The serpent deceived Eve by questioning God's command and enticing her with the idea of gaining knowledge and becoming more like God. As a result, they ate the fruit. The serpent planted the seed of desire for more in Eve's heart. And again, we look and think they lived in perfection. They lived in the garden that was perfectly created by God for them so that they could live with God, staying connected with God. So let's look at the stages. The enemy is sneaky. We read in John 10.10, a thief comes to steal and slaughter and destroy. So until the serpent had approached Adam and Eve, they hadn't considered that maybe there was another option to what God told them. They were in union with God, and they listened to God and walked through the garden with God. They were fully connected with Him. But the serpent, in his sly way, planted a seed that bloomed into this new thought about God and His rule about eating from the tree. The new thought led to curiosity. What if this is true? What if we could be more like God? Second, that's when they began to desire more. They began to get greedy and desire more than what they currently had. Their situation wasn't good enough anymore. And the serpent continued to plant seeds of doubt over and over in their current situation and entice them to pursue something different. Third, Eve took action. She listened to the voice of the serpent enough that she ate the forbidden fruit. Here's what happened. She allowed Satan's voice to drown out God. Instead of taking what Satan was whispering in her ear to God, who was her friend and who without a doubt loved her, she kept listening to the voice of Satan. She could only hear his voice creating doubt and confusion 
rather than the loving and trustworthy voice of God. Deception can happen so easily. Adam and Eve, like I said, spent time in the garden. They knew God better than any human being, yet they were still deceived. So, how often do you think you're deceived by the enemy? Like Eve, do you find yourself desiring more in your life, more recognition, more success, more material goods, more money, thinking that you should have more? Like Adam and Eve, you and I can overlook all of the blessings in front of us because we're so focused on comparing ourselves to others and what they have and how they have more and we have less. And when this happens, the desire for more negates all of the daily blessings that you have, all of those abundant blessings that God is pouring into your daily life. I can remember in high school, my mom gave me a poem about green grass, and it went something like this. The grass is not, in fact, always greener on the other side of the fence. No, not at all. Fences have nothing to do with it. The grass is greenest where it is watered. When crossing over fences, carry water with you and tend the grass wherever you may be. That poem was by Robert Fulgham. So ask, where are you deceiving yourself into thinking that the grass is greener on the other side? And then I encourage you to stop and question if that is really true. Is the grass really greener? Or is that just your perception? As you read through the Bible, there are so many more deceptions that we could talk about. If you keep reading in the book of Genesis, you see how Jacob deceived his father Isaac by posing as his older brother Esau to receive the blessing meant for the firstborn. Jacob's mother Rebekah even played a role in this deception by helping Jacob disguise himself as Esau. Now, We know that this deception led to a huge family conflict. It led to a broken family, broken relationships, because the fruit of deception is never good. It's always some sort of lie. If you keep going in the book of Judges, Delilah deceived Samson into revealing the secret of his strength, which ultimately— due to this deception, led to his capture by the Philistines. Then in the New Testament, Judas deceived Jesus and the other disciples by agreeing to betray Jesus to the authorities. This deception was the beginning of the events leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. So our society has been deceived by the enemy since Adam and Eve. He is very sly. We live in a world that is filled with noise and confusion. The confusion prevents people from seeing right and wrong. False information is often shared, and information is distorted so that the truth is hard to recognize. Isaiah 5 says, Those who call evil good and good evil, who change darkness to light and light into darkness, who change bitter to sweet and sweet into bitter. And so deception also includes confusion. It's a distorted right and wrong. So as a midlife woman, how can Satan deceive you today? I'm going to give you three 
areas of lie where Satan can deceive you. Number one, human nature is filled with vanity, jealousy, greed, and lust. Some of those seven deadly sins, Satan will take advantage of that tendency and weakness in each of us. He's sly, and he can tempt through the movies, television, social media, and by exploiting our senses. One way that he plays on your emotions is by comparison. How many times, let's be honest here, have you been on social media comparing yourself to other women you know? Maybe you look at what appears to be their perfect family when yours seems to be falling apart. Maybe you find yourself stuck at home while they're on some exotic vacation. I like to call this compare and despair. When you compare your life to that perfect mom on Facebook and then convince yourself that you always come up short, here's the deception. What you see on social media, TV, on the internet is not always true, right? It's often fake or it's often distorted in some way to make it look different than it actually is. How often do you think somebody snaps a picture at just the right angle and just the right light and you can see them where everything looks perfect and peaceful, but what you can't see around them is the chaos and you can't see what's truly happening in the heart. All right, the next one. Let's face it. We all like to feel important or to be seen as special. And this can easily become the sin of pride. Pride can cloud your judgment. And it often keeps you focused on yourself. You become a navel gazer. And all that matters is what you desire. Here's the biggest deception with pride. Pride allows you to think that you're in control and you are responsible for your own accomplishments. This is the biggest deception of all because it creates a sense of independence from God where you are working in your own strength. Remember Satan that we talked about at the beginning? Lucifer, who was an angel in heaven, he wanted independence from God. He wanted to work in his own strength and be powerful. So be very careful about pride because pride is an inflated belief in yourself. All right, and the next one. Lack of faith opens you to being deceived by the enemy. When you have a little bit of faith, you open yourself to a lot of deception. Think about the Israelites who lacked faith and trust in God. They walked around the desert for years and years, being deceived into thinking that God wasn't really with them and that He didn't care about them. So deception can happen easily. How can you keep yourself from being deceived? First and foremost, focus on your relationship with God. Go into Scripture. Create an intimate relationship with Christ in your prayer life. Focus on coming to know who God is. Know how He loves you. Know the blessings that He pours into your life. Truth always trumps deception. So when you know the truth about God, when you know the truth about Christ, when you know how you are saved through Christ's 
death and resurrection on the cross, when you know all of that, when you live from that place of truth, then it's harder for you to be deceived. Next, make sure you're hearing more than one side of the story or situation. Don't get caught up like Eve did, only listening to one voice. Be sure that you are giving airtime to different voices so that you can take it and filter it through that lens of truth. When you have a solid a base of truth, then you can filter everything that you hear through it, and then you won't be deceived. And last, carefully discern your actions. Many times deception can be hard to identify, but again, once you have that truth, your bucket of truth is full and pouring over and you're grounded in it, you can filter your actions through that truth. So, Know the truth. Know about God. Know how much He loves you. Go to Scripture. Create that intimate relationship with Him. Then, be aware of only hearing one side of the story or situation. Then, filter what you hear, what you see, the actions you want to take. All go through that filter of truth. So, my friends, don't be deceived by the enemy. With gratitude, turn your heart and mind towards Christ, who will give you more than you ever imagined. The grass is always green when you live in the truth, when you rest beside the Father and allow Him to pour into your life. All right, friends, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the abundant blessings that you pour into our lives, the blessings that are seen and the blessings that go unseen. And Lord, we are so sorry for the times that we've been deceived, the times that we have left your side of the fence where the grass is green and perfect, thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. When we have sought things that are not you, things of the world. So Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you bless us, you bless our families, and you help us magnify your love in our little corner of the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends. Stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbyseanwilliams.com.